0: The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. Today we have episode 151. The, end of the episode I will be reading from trying to Bib at Grandma's house. Uh been a good week again started off monday through friday lifting weights doing yoga that's been awesome super important for me i have to keep reminding myself that don't really want to do it you know i'd rather kind of ride i'd rather do these other things but i know it's important so i got to get some exercise in that is how i've been doing it so yesterday was awesome very very challenging uh hour-long yoga um every other day we did 30 minutes of yoga then weights today we only just did wait. So we were limited on time, but it doesn't really matter what you're doing. Just do something. Uh, I think it will definitely help you. It helps me a ton, um, whether it's dealing with depression or over- overwhelmed or whatever it is. And it probably helps that I smoke weed right beforehand too. Not always. Uh, plenty of times that I don't. Today I did though, but wasn't, uh, it's not like I'm getting crazy stoned either. Not that that would be a terrible thing either, but whatever. Just do what's good for you enjoy life fucking it might end today might end tomorrow so can't take shit too seriously can't worry about stuff too much that's something that i remind myself all the time um had a i was a guest on a cool podcast this week uh the podolsky method parenting an athlete we're talking about concussions and tbi uh the host is uh that's his whole he's a hockey coach Uh, he has martial arts experience he was a college wrestler very nice guy very interesting guy Um, he's going to be on my pod, this podcast next week, I believe, or the following. I'm not sure when we're going to record his, but I really had a good time being on his. Um, I'm interested in seeing, you know, what his advice is on parenting an athlete. Uh, that's something that my wife and I, you know, kind of go back and forth trying to figure out the right balance with our kids. Like, okay, you don't don't want to push them too much. Want to give them opportunities. How much, you know, so it'll be, it should be a good talk, uh, with him hopefully next week. Uh, we had a contest in the dark and disturbing giveaway ended a lot of people entered that. Thank you very much. Uh, the top winner was, I need to put this up on my Facebook page. I think it was Kayla Holzwarth. Sorry. I just butchered her name. Uh, but she gets the trivial pursuit game. Everyone else gets one of my books or the dark and disturbing collection of the three books. So that will be announced later. I'll put that in the newsletter. Uh, bump, 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 bump. Um, working on Death Best. That was a little slow this week. Just got a lot of stuff going on. Had a meeting with Glenn about it yesterday. But, you know, both of us felt like uh, we didn't do as much as we wanted, but we still got a lot done. He finished up the ending, or just about. It's almost almost finished the ending. I finished off the first two scenes, which were pretty clean, so I didn't do that much work. But we're making progress. Um, And this was a talk I was having with my daughter. I said, sometimes I get on myself for not doing enough. I feel like, okay, fuck, I didn't do a lot on – death best this week you know and so I could get down about that and then I could get down that I didn't really do that much on this other project this week I didn't do that much on this but I was like the cool thing is a year from now I look back and like all of a sudden I have three projects you know that I wasn't doing that much on every day you know they're complete so and lots of times it's other authors are you know they're in the background like Evan he's working on his dark fairy tale without me you know he'll send to me in a chunk and then I'll work on that for a week uh, so that's being developed out of sight out of mind um so i just have to remind myself like you know it's all positive it's all moving forward it's um yeah things are progressing nicely. like i just can't get stressed out over it um you know I, I have a nice balance between work and writing i even take time out to do a uh, horror writer association i'm a mentor so once a week i i meet with uh, someone a writer and give him advice on stuff so you know again that takes out some time from writing you know i could be doing that with my own stuff but it feels good to do that it helps me think about writing a different way you know when i see things that i don't like i could realize like okay why don't i like that what is what's the reason okay let's look for that in my writing now and not do that uh so it is helpful um what else oh I listened to the TBI audiobook, uh, TBI or CT, What the Hell is Wrong with Me. I was going to narrate that myself. Everything fell through with the recording studio out here. Hired a guy. Man, amazing job. He did an amazing job. Uh, couldn't be happier. Uh, Derek Dysart, uh, that is going to be going through Audible's. Um, review process right now the last book i had morsels of mayhem that audiobook went through super quick so hopefully this one will as well it's a lot shorter it's only a little over four hours uh but i listened to the whole thing closely i loved what i heard i think he did an excellent job and so i'm looking forward to that coming out but it just reminded me man i would have had to spend so much time doing that um it wouldn't have come out nearly as good even though like i could you know i know how i want it to sound I'm not a voice actor. I don't know. I don't have those skills like he does. Um, and so just so clean, so professional. So I'm very glad that I made that choice, made that decision just to hire someone. So I think that's something where, you know, the ego could kind of get in the way. It's like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool if I did it myself. And, you know, I'm an author, blah, 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 blah. But good decision not to do it. That book's going to be really cool. I want to remind everyone uh twisted reunion is a free book that is free until the sixth and on Kindle so you can pick up that copy uh that's probably my most or is the highest it's the book with the most reviews so that's the one that people seem to really like a lot if you're into horror pick that up 28 short stories the audiobook version is on sale on chirp and Apple for 299 that goes until the seventh uh, other than that, I think it's another week before I have anything free out. So just got to find something else. But that's good. No shortage of good authors out there for sure. Uh, and that's what I'm realizing by reading so many, you know, reading different authors and, and looking up, you know, who to do newsletter sweep uh, swaps with and group promos and stuff like that. Just seeing the quality of authors out there is like, man, this is a, it is uh, super impressive. Talking about authors that I really enjoy, because uh, I recently had... A book that I didn't care for that much. I think I told you I read like three or four stories and I put it down. It was not by this author. Uh, his book, uh, The Midwives, I already talked about. I I loved it. Five stars. Uh, Duncan Rolston's Womb. I wasn't sure if I should even read this because it's extreme horror. It says right on the on the front of it. Uh, the the quote on it is, "Trust me when I say this is messed up," and that's from Matt Shaw, the author of Sick Bastards. Um, so I I was exposed to. And I don't even know if it's the same category, but uh, Rath White, he was my kickboxing coach in Las Vegas. Awesome guy, incredible fighter, tough dude. I uh, still remember one day, happened, he took me out to the desert to run. And there's like, I don't know if it was, I think it was about 10 miles. And the, more, the most I had run before that was probably like three, but it was brutal. But Rath is an awesome guy. He's had me read some of his, I was a beta reader on some of his stuff some of his stuff is disgusting and it was really hard for me to read so i didn't know how i was going to take this uh sometimes uh oh colin's uh malignant that was a pretty there was a lot of gore in there and i wasn't sure but i, I was fine with it so i was like okay i'll try this this book uh very short super quick read um it really reminded me of haunted uh which is one of my favorite books though. short stories the the story uh was it guts um, especially. It's one of those, it's one of those ones that just stuck with me. Uh, you know, it's, it's when you can't get images out of your head. Uh, and I think that's awesome for a writer. I wrote to Duncan and tell him, like, this also caused so many different emotions. So one, it was funny. There are some things in here that were just hilarious, um, you know, and stuff that I normally wouldn't, like, I wouldn't admit to it. Um, but yeah, so tons of funny one-liners, uh, but the characters, were believable there's nothing in it that i would change and not to say that i have any like i'm some great author or whatever else but that's one thing you know when i'm reading stuff it's something you automatically do this just like the midwives there's nothing that i would have changed nothing i would have left out um it was cool i i kind of like oh shit what if that happened at the end you know so he set it up he set it up perfectly um it was a really cool ending it yeah you feel bad for the characters. Um, you know, it was definitely it definitely was a, a challenge. I guess it wasn't even a challenge. I did enjoy it. I think it's the prude inside of me that even was uh because of all the sexual stuff in here, that's it's loaded um with uh, a lot of stuff that makes me blush that I couldn't write myself. So I am jealous. I can't handle uh sex scenes like this, but who knows? Maybe now that I've read it, um I'll uh, start messing around with some uh, crazy, disgusting, super sexual stuff. But well done, Duncan. I really enjoyed it. Uh, be careful picking it up. Make sure you're okay with that kind of stuff. Well, and again, with any book, check it out. If you don't like it, put it down. Um, I'm not one of those people that, well, I no longer believe in finishing books that I don't care for. But yeah, finish that one. I'm going to pick up another one of his. I'm not sure which one next. Um, but I know I'm enjoying them, so why not continue? I'm also looking on the dark and disturbing, fear-filled fiction. I'm asking uh, people there to suggest other authors, especially if they're indie authors. Those are the kind of authors that I want to connect with, that I want to help. You know, build them, and if they help build me, that is awesome. Uh, you know, it's not a competition. There's tons of readers. There's tons of authors. You know, whatever. It's all good. So, uh, oh on the Try Not to Die front, there is a new author that is being added into the the team of co-authors. I'm very excited about it. It's not official yet. I will announce it next week, but I am very pleased, very excited. It just makes me that much more certain that this series is going to do incredibly well when it takes off, which it will one of these days. I swear to God, especially if you tell all your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Check it out. It's awesome. Um, but again, I'm in no rush and I'm enjoying the process. I love creating with other people. Um, you know, with, and like with this new author, I don't know how we're going to create it. I don't know if he's going to do most of the work like Sage did and like Evan's doing. And then I just play around with it. I don't know if he's going to want me to do death scenes. I don't know, like not sure how it's going to work out, but that's cool. I'm going with the flow and that's how I do each book. And it's like, whatever the best way to create it. We'll figure that out and then we're going to make a cool book. So it's very nice having that kind of certainty, you know, especially with an author whose books I already like. So that is exciting. Um, Let's move on to a question from a reader. Today's question is from Mary Patrick. She asked what I did, what profession I had before I was a famous author. Well, Mary, unfortunately, I'm not famous yet. God damn it but slowly 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 inch in there uh, but it's all good but before i was an author let's see man i've had a lot of different jobs um very few professions generally i say three years is the most i would stay somewhere um the last thing i did was i was working in the recycling industry and it was shitty i hated it uh before that i had i enjoyed my job at juvenile probation that was in Las Vegas, although it was pretty sad. You got to, I have to see a lot of super sad stuff. Uh, kids getting raped in there, then reading the. Yeah, it, it, it was sad. So I wanted to make a difference in kids' lives, kind of realized wasn't going to. Uh, and maybe some of them, maybe some of them I reach. But again, as a. I worked in juvenile hall, and there just wasn't a lot. Um, wasn't going to make a big difference. So it was kind of sad. Before that, I was a correctional officer in also in Las, well, outside of Las Vegas, did that for like a year and a half. Again, both of those jobs were mainly taken so I could fight. Uh, the schedule allowed me to train during the day. And so I would do um, work those jobs at night or overnight graveyard shift. And then I would train during the day and I would write at while at work. Um, I think every job I've had uh that's what i've done when i was bodyguarding i was a bodyguard for like i don't know four to five years on and off a lot of celebrities and stuff like that that was kind of cool sounds cool way cooler than it is most of it was just sitting at someone's house in their guest house just watching waiting uh not really doing a lot but again it let gave me lots of time to write short stories that's where lots of my short stories were developed uh so thank you gavin de becker for that and then before bodyguarding and Probably while well, also at the same time, I, was, uh, I would bounce, do security, uh, you know, private events. Uh, I was a bouncer at a strip club. I worked pretty much wherever I could. Lots of dangerous types of places. Um, lots of times I would be armed and uh, they were shooting sometimes. But that's kind of what I was looking for. I had wanted to go into the police right after graduating from college. I'm very glad that I did not pass the lie detector test, because if I had gone into law enforcement, I would have gone the wrong way. I was just looking for violence. I was, you know, a pretty good person, I would say, like, and, and especially as a bouncer, I would always be the one breaking up fights. I would always try to defuse situations Um but I just have a feeling if I got involved in law enforcement at that point in my life, it, it wouldn't have been a good thing. I don't think it would have ended well. Same as if I had gone into military, which i had been trying to do too, before I got a DUI, and that gave me a way out. I just found fighting at the time. I realized I could get enough excitement um, out of life, enough danger out of life from fighting, and I didn't have to go into the military. So again, I probably would have loved it. I probably would have done well, but... I don't know. I have a feeling it wouldn't have been the right thing for me because what I so this all leads into. All right. So Mary, hopefully that answered the question. I was a recycler. I was a security guard, correctional officer. I was mainly in the security type field uh, looking for trouble uh, or looking out for trouble. Now, this leads into, which is cool because I didn't even know about this question until a little while ago, but it leads directly into why I am doing hypnosis again. Um, if you want to check out the episode, I think it's episode 122 uh, with Alexandra Kulner, Um you will you can hear about the hypnosis I did with her. It was pretty awesome, pretty amazing. I still like the, the weightlifting and the yoga at the start when I was talking about that the start of today. That's because of hypnosis helped me achieve that, like the realization and and the belief that that is positive, it's productive, it's something good that I should be doing. Um, So hypnosis helped reinforce that. It helped me with a couple other issues. But uh, we were talking about uh, doing hypnosis again. Um, And this one, I wasn't sure what I wanted to address. but I was thinking about okay, well, what do you know? What scares me the most about myself? What I, what do I not like the most about myself? And it goes into the TBI stuff, uh, which I've I've associated with a TBI CT type thing, um, which is the the inability to handle stress correctly, maybe, or to be challenged, or what what essentially is is I'm kind of hardwired for violence and not to say I'm a badass or anything like that. Cause I'm not like, I used to get my ass kicked all the time. I wasn't, I wasn't a uh, successful fighter, you know? So I don't think that, I, I think a lot of men have this in their head though. Um, and so it's not based off of someone's ability to fight. Um, but it's, it's this reaction that we have. So well, this week we were looking at, we haven't started the hypnosis yet. The first part of it was having a talk, there's like an hour and, long, hour and a half long talk going over all the pain points in my life, all the things that I wish I hadn't had, it, hadn't happened, all the shame, all the anger, all the, you know, all these different things. And then talking about, you know, this, this issue that I have and, and trying to understand like, cause I seem like a super peaceful, super calm, you know, I want, you know, I love everybody, blah, 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 blah. That's generally true. That, that is. But if someone starts honking behind me or someone cuts me off or someone doesn't stop at the stop sign and they almost hit a kid or something like that, all of a sudden fucking, I, I turn, you know, it, it, like when you when people say they're, they're seeing red or whatever else, like I'm ready to fight. I'm ready for that guy. You know, there was a guy that was honking. He honked at the people. He was probably honking at people ahead of me, but I take it personally and then I make an eye contact with him. And then if he pulls over, you know or 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 makes any kind of threatening move or anything like that that i want to react in my head i'm already got this scenario where he's pulling over i'm pulling over beat the shit out of him i was like and that's fucking ridiculous and you don't realize it until i don't know maybe sometimes sometimes you can catch it sometimes i can catch it right away and it won't happen sometimes i will be five seconds into it sometimes i get home and i realize like Look, I'm just full of anger and, and all this because of something stupid where the other person may not have even known that they did something. Uh, it wasn't intentional, but I took it personally. So all that being, and then also if I go to a sporting event, whether it's my kid's little league game, you know, thinking like, I gotta be careful where I sit because if I hear a dad talking shit about my son or the other kids on a team or making fun of someone or this or that, like there's a good chance... I I may not say anything, but like, I, I want to, and I'm looking for those things and I'm sizing people up in the crowd. And, uh, whenever I walk into somewhere, I'm, I'm looking around to see like, okay, where, where could the trouble be? You know? Um, so yeah. So part of it I think is just because of, because of all the years of training and fighting, um, working security, uh, you know, and all these other things where you're looking for someone that wants to do something bad, um, I don't know that that's part of it so we have to get rid of that but it, what it really boils down to is having low self-esteem and thinking okay you know and what my idea of a man was uh growing up you know i, I wanted to be a professional athlete from a very young age i want to be a celebrity i wanted to be something i wanted to be something more um i was always drawn to like football players and my uncle bill who was big and strong and so my idea of a man was someone who was big strong could do violence no one's gonna fuck with him, whether it was rambo or terminator or whatever like that's the kind of man i wanted to be um, so now you know and now so that's part of it and then whenever i'm questioned or, or challenged or whenever i think it might be an attack like i have to prove myself i have to you know and that's where all that comes from So, and I'm sure it's a lot more than that, but that's just kind of some of the stuff that came out in this first session. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not we're able to knock this out and to change my thinking, you know, and just having more compassion when I'm in those moments, or or I'm not sure how we're going to flip this type of thinking, change my beliefs, but it's a 12 week program. And, you know, we only do it once a week, but I'm committed to it. So, and I will keep you guys posted on it. If you see me becoming way way too soft and sappy and just please send me a message and tell me to knock that shit off and tell uh you know, but I don't think that's gonna happen either. She said I'll still be able to react if there is a problem. And then I'll probably get my ass kicked and come back on here and tell you guys I'm gonna be sad. But it's all right. I won't tell you. I'll keep it all inside and bury that shit like we're supposed to, as men are supposed to. You women, you keep sharing. All right, Uh, what else, what else, what else? I think it's probably time to read, right? Yeah, I think it's about time to read because I still got to write a newsletter and a bunch of other shit before I pick up the kids from school. So let's get this shit started. Bump, bump, bump. Try not to die at grandma's house. Bump, 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 bump. All right, so the last section was, oh, you're in your room. You wake up, it's cold. You weren't supposed to open the windows. Sam did during the night. Uh, She's telling you not to move because there's this creature on your stomach. All right, Sam's knife is on the table. Slowly, I move my hand towards it, but it's just out of reach. The creature rears up on its hind legs, its back flaring like a cobra, tiny black fangs like oily needles. I feel Sam about to bolt. I have to do something. What do I do? All right, kick the creature off the bed. Go for the knife and stab it. Roll over and shield Sam from the attack. Huh. Which one do you think we should do? Hurry, hurry. All right, let's do this one. Let's roll over and shield our sister. Because we're so nice. The creature leaps into the air. It's coming straight for Sam. I roll over and cover her. The creature's claws sink into the back of my neck. I scream into Sam's face, which makes her scream. And the creature starts scraping my flesh. His nails are going like 100 miles an hour and I feel my skin shredding, flying off. It's like some demonic cheese grater. Then I hear the claws tinking against my vertebrae. I reach back to slap it off, but I keep missing. Sam yells, get off my brother. I lose my balance and fall on top of her. She's pinned and trying to squirm out, but I can't move. The creature must have sliced through my spinal cord. Everything tingles for a few seconds. Then I can't feel anything at all. I just breathe into the pillows next to Sam's head. I want to roll off her and let her run, but I can't. I can only listen to the creature as it begins to crawl into the hole it's made in my back. The claws rip open the tissue. The needle teeth tear through my throat. I feel it splitting out through my trachea. I want to tell Sam I'm sorry. It's coming for her next. Good job. All right. So... I really would like to read go for the knife and stab it because that's a really cool death scene, but it's also a little bit long. So you have to get the book yourself. All right, I'm going to kick the creature off the bed because I know if I stab that thing, something bad is going to happen. All right, here we go. So next section. The creature hisses, its forked tongue unfurled and flicking I swing my foot just as it lunges. I drive my toes through its soft underbelly. The hiss turns to a squeal, but Sam's shrieks drown out everything. The creature hits the ground. Sam curls into me. I wrap my arms around her. I'm scanning the floor. The creature flips off its back and scurries towards us. I try to lean over, but Sam's arms are clutching my neck. It sounds like the thing is under the bed, then suddenly over by the closet. It's so fast. It's like everywhere more than a dozen sharp nails clicking across the hardwood it's circling us the bed's a few feet off the ground but after seeing it move i have no doubt it can leap the knife is still on the table i have to drag sam with me to reach over and grab it the table wobbles not from me it's the creature i pull back the knife in my hand just as something whizzes by my knuckles it must have been the tail the way it glistened it's definitely poisonous Sam's squeezing so tight she's leached onto my chest. For once, I feel like the older sibling. I flip open the blade. The blanket starts sliding off the edge of the bed. The creature's head appears. It's crawling up towards us. I hold out the knife. Its beady eyes look like it's savoring our terror. I pull Sam off so I can get a better grip. I've never held a knife like this. I don't even know if I'm doing it right. The creature will pounce as soon as it gets its footing. I've got one shot to shove the blade through its lumpy thorax. I picture its teeth sinking into my hand, its tail slicing through Sam's neck. My hands shaking and the handle slipping through my sweaty fingers. Another hiss, the creature bears those black needle teeth. I just wanna close my eyes, but if I do, we're dead. Both its front legs are on the mattress. We scramble back, our spines flat against the headboard. The door flies open. Flames slice through the air. It's Grandpa Joe with a torch. He smacks the creature. Sparks burst and scatter onto the bed and floor. A squill slices through the room. The creature is in flames, writhing, curling until it's nothing but a smoldering mass in the corner. Grandpa grabs a blanket and covers a steaming clump. There's a squish and crunch under his boot. He stomps twice for good measure, and he stands over his kill. He almost looks sorry for the thing. Grandma Barb rushes in and says Samantha, David, are you okay? She strokes Sam's hair, cradles her. Grandpa Joe turns, walks over and snatches the knife from my hand. You don't ever cut into one of those things, ever. He looks at grandma like she was an idiot for letting Sam ever have the knife. What was that? Grandpa Joe bites the inside of his cheek and sees the window open. He slams it shut. I told you to keep this closed. Didn't I tell you that? Joe, please, grandma says. He ignores her. Even in the dark, I can see the angry blood fill in his face. Now who opened this? Sam's trembling. She starts to admit it was her fault. I jump in. I'm sorry, it was just so hot. It's okay, Grandma says. No one's hurt. That's just luck. Sam breaks free from Grandma and slowly gets off the bed. She stares towards the dead creature, still covered by the blanket. I want to go home. Sweetie, I understand, but it's all over now. I don't care i want to go home now who's taking us she looks at both grandpa and grandma it's clear she's not going to back down not after this all right we'll talk about it in the morning grandma says and if you still want to go we'll drive you i want to go now it's too late grandpa says and these things are out there there's more i ask how many i i can't say grandpa says but it's not safe what are they sam asks Our grandparents share a look. Tell me! There's some sort of mutation, Grandma says. Folks out here buy these strange exotic pets. Things not meant for West Virginia. They're illegal everywhere, but up here in the mountains, they think they can't get caught. One of these fools probably released something into the woods and it made it with something else. Smoke is still rising from the blanket. I don't know why. Maybe the way she won't look us in the eye. But Grandma's explanation doesn't seem like the truth. They only come out at night, Grandpa says. You just have to keep the windows shut and they'll leave you alone. Sam's panicked breaths are making everything so much worse. That's why the windows are covered in the this, this soapy scum so the creatures don't peer in looking for dinner. Let's all go downstairs, Grandma says. We'll sleep in the living room tonight and we'll talk about all this tomorrow. Sam isn't budging, so I guide her out. I want to leave as bad as she does, but I want out of this room even more. Grandpa scoops up the creature in the blanket. He tosses both in the fire downstairs. It crackles and sizzles. The smell is disgusting, but at least it's dead. I just wonder what would have happened if I would have stabbed it. I can't imagine how things could have gotten worse. Grandma boils milk for us, pours it into two mugs. I tell myself not to fall asleep, but when I open my eyes, the house is filled with sunlight. Sam is asleep next to me on the couch. She's sucking her thumb like she did when she was little. We're leaning against each other. Our grandparents are nowhere to be seen. I start to think it was all just a nightmare. The creature, its razor-sharp tail, the black needle teeth. But there's a piece of charred blanket in the fireplace next to a pile of ashes. Sam shoves her wet thumb in my ear. Hey, I yell. Get off, she says and shoves me. The sweet little girl from last night is gone. She stands and cracks her neck, then sniffs and smiles. I smell it too. Breakfast. Hope you kids are hungry. Grandma sets a huge plate of French toast on the table. Your grandfather went into town for a bit, but we can start. She's acting like it's a typical morning in the West Virginia mountains, where mutant creatures sometimes attack you in your bed. Sam drenches her stack in syrup and forks a huge bite into her mouth. Grandma says, You'll be gone for a bit, so you two can do whatever you like. No chores. Sam nods and forces the mush of sweet bread down her throat. I'm not really hungry. I still smell the burnt creature in my clothes. You want something else, David? I've got oatmeal. No, I'm, my stomach just hurts a little, I say. And while it's the truth, I just don't trust her or her cooking right now. Sam's plate is already clean, just the remaining streaks of syrup. So how long we got, Sam asks. A couple hours. Sam's already on her feet, heading for the door. What are you doing, I say. It's okay, everything's fine in the daylight, Grandma says, but stay away from the fence, okay? Don't worry. I will, Sam says. I mean it. I do too. The door slams shut. Sam's already out on the lawn. I don't move. I know I should follow, but I can't. Grandma says, David, a little fresh air might do you tummy some good. My hands are folded in my lap. I dig into my palm with my thumbnail and close my eyes. I know exactly where Sam's headed. But you don't have to do anything you don't want, Grandma says and sips her coffee. No one's forcing a thing sam doesn't have her knife not that it'd do much good with the horrible things out there i'm just tired of having to take care of her i just want to go home when i turn and look out the window sam's almost to the trees all right time for a decision are you going to follow sam or are you going to stay with grandma next week i will read probably both choices we'll see we'll see if you guys are good i'll do it if you're not then fuck you no that's not true um again i appreciate you guys for checking this out it really does mean a lot that you guys are listening to me that you guys are subscribing that you guys are sharing all that is super cool i appreciate it thank you very much hope you have a tremendous weekend and i will see you later peace